0: Does this work? Yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Mm,
1: Don't touch
0: it. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not touching it. I see you
1: touching it. No. I see you. I have to bring up other things on this computer. What are things? Oh, I would have loved it if you didn't mention computer and be like, what are we talking about? (laughs) I have to bring up other things
0: besides just the technological difficulties we've been having all morning. (laughs) Quinn says all morning in reality? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Listen, ten
1: minutes is ten minutes too long. Quinn has been working hey Rumi. quinn hey, has Rumi. been working her little tail off what did you do this morning give us give us the mom to-do list please the mom
0: to-do list i woke it, up woke up I okay made... you told
1: you yelled at me once for bringing up waking up as a thing so don't <laughs> so right don't, i forgot i did that don't do that i'm funny okay so i
0: woke up <laughs> i made griff's lunch mother of the year made griff and Coa breakfast super mom. mother of the lifetime <laughs>
1: and don't bring up lifetime like that you're right it's too, too sensitive
0: soon. too soon i took co to school he kisses me like 19 times like when we when we're in the hall at school he's like and then he's like give me your cheek and like kiss my cheek and he's like give me your hand and i'm like this is like embarrassing like, but you
1: love it you love every second i know of it's it. gonna
0: reverse soon so i'm just trying to enjoy it but i do turn like beet red because it's too many kisses
1: well and you like don't want to be like stop
0: Oh, I never would. You
1: can't. You can't. I never
0: would. I love it. But then he walks down the hallway and he looks over his shoulder to see if I'm still there and blows kisses. So it's it's pretty great. From there, <laughs> feeling bottom. good, feeling loved, went to the gym and hit up a hit class followed by an class called Absolution that is 30 minutes of abs taught by somebody that is not a great teacher and it's a really boring class and he's like do this and then he's like do it again. Do it again. And you're like, this should be more fun because it's already horrible. Can you like play better music? Something. I don't know. I don't like that class. Not going to go again. Then I came home and Carrie started getting on my case. I did. I said, it's time to
1: work. We got things to do. And I
0: said, it's time to poop. It's time to shower. It's time to touch up the paint in the back bedroom. Don't start
1: with poop and shower. What Quinn actually did was she goes, I actually got to touch up some paint. And I was like, oh, she'll do that later. Quinn takes off her sweatshirt and she's. Paint mode. She's paint mode. It didn't take mode. long, but it did not now it's going to have time to
0: dry before the kids get home, which is
1: key. Which is very key. Got to understand. They very like to key. test that paint. They do. I came in last night, made us dinner.
0: Shout out Carrie, to me. Shout out to Carrie. Shout out to me. Made a 25-minute HelloFresh meal that I handed to her and then was sure to tell me what a trauma it was.
1: I didn't say it was a trauma. <laughs> no, what happened was is I had just gotten back from a three-hour trip where I was carrying suitcases up and down stairs in the subway station. I understand that.
0: That was I, was, too was carrying a lot of baggage.
1: Literally, that that is the, I would have cooked. And then I also had to work. And I cut into my work time, which, again, I was fine to do. Again, all of this I was fine Anytime to do. Anytime you want. I didn't want make you, but I didn't punish you for to it. To order food. That's on me. Yeah, for sure. Order it. Amen. All I'm saying is- I thought is, I was doing
0: you a favor by buying you dinner.
1: Quit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But I, was, I thought I was doing you a favor. Can't we both do favors and be okay with it? Well, that's the question. Wait, I just wanted to acknowledge that I was- you and then you were sad you cooked. I was not sad I cooked. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fight number two. Were you not sad you cooked? No. Okay. No. I was tired and I was overwhelmed at first. Okay. I was overwhelmed. And I just wanted, all I was saying was, I was like, I just took a hero's journey. And then I like, I literally came in and you were like, here. That's all I'm saying. You just took
0: a hero's journey.
1: I took a hero's journey. I came from Jersey. Do you understand? No, listen. All I'm saying is, I took the trip from Jersey with a checked suitcase, a carry-on, and a big, of all my stuff for like the next month. Mm -hmm. The train comes to Jersey and it is like a three-foot step up onto the train and I'm like, how am I gonna get my luggage onto here? Like it's a hefty step. So I do that. Luckily at Penn Station, I can roll on. There's an elevator that works. It's amazing. So at Penn Station, I'm like, I'm gonna take these trains. I know what trains have an elevator that I can access or an escalator. Mm-hmm. I went, I walked to every elevator. Every one of them was boarded up under construction. Every single one. What do handicapped people do? That's in what this made city? me f- so angry was I was like, I I mean, listen, I could do it. It took a lot out of me, but like, I was just like, did killing. a lot of people offer to help you? Not a person. Interesting. Not a single person, which, I mean, listen, I, it's, that's my baggage, quite literally. Like, it's not theirs, right? And I didn't look that cute. So I feel like nobody, no, nobody was that like, that was your mistake. You need to wear was, more makeup. You need to wear more makeup luggage. and heels. That <laughs> heels. would have made me look better. Heels going up with the
0: suitcase would have been great.
1: It would have been really great. So, anyway, so like, I'm doing that. And then I know I have to work at seven o'clock. For my other job. And so like I like get in right at seven and I was like, oh, I got to make dinner, which is totally fine. But I was like, oh, I got I just felt like that feeling when you just walk in and it's happening and you're like, see, I think that's where I was at.
0: Okay. I think my life is just walking in and it's happening because I have kids. So I'm not used to getting like, here's a sit down, here's a minute. It's like you come home from work and everybody's like, what's for dinner? And you're like, great. And you're cooking. So it's something that I'm blind to because I walk in and everyone's asking about food. And then I'm doing the food and everyone's asking for second dinner because they don't like first (laughs) dinner. And then I'm doing the dishes, and then I'm doing it, which is why I was explaining to you last night that once the kids are in bed, I'm out. done. I don't like open a computer. Sense. I don't like cut my
1: toenails. Right, it's
0: over. So here's I'm the deal:
1: beat to hack. For the record, I appreciate that and I acknowledge that, which is why you were like, "Let's make this." I was like, "You saw me at the time." I was well, like, "Happy also- to do so." You know that I was like, "You gave it to me," and I was like, "I'm in," and I was like, "My other stuff is." We wait until later and it'll be fine. Being 30 minutes late for work is not a big deal. I'm staying here. Like all of that stuff is is weighing out totally fine. I'm to- it's fine. It's not a big deal. All I'm saying is I was like, oh, I was overwhelmed when I walk in. That's not taking away from your reality every day at all. No. No. That's me going, I wow, I felt overwhelmed. That's not going, you should never f-. like that's none of that is a, an effect of you. I just was telling my truth at that moment. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference. It wasn't an issue making dinner at all. I just was like, oh, that was stressful for me at that moment. But that doesn't mean that I'm not acknowledging like your stress. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I don't want, I just don't want it to take away from if you feel like I'm not appreciating what you do as a mom.
0: I don't think I feel that you don't appreciate what I do as a mom. I think that In a day, I am like scrambling to get it all done. My getting, having the foresight to use the fake coupon to get the HelloFresh, to get it here, that's like I'm halfway there and I don't want you to cook the dinner so I can sit on my ass. I want you to do it so I can go wipe someone else's.
1: Of course. Are you you mad that I... That I said it like that I was like, oh overwhelmed. No, I was just teasing you because like okay. you're like
0: you're like I think I you, you were midwesterning me about dinner a little bit, which was like oh. a wink and a smile and like a I walked in and you made me make dinner and
1: you're gonna be nice about it, but I'm like, oh. Are you mad I made you make dinner? I come in and I join your family and that's like I I love your family. I love being a part of your day. I love being a part of your family. Like I care about your family. I care about your kids. I care about you. I care about your husband. It's like it was checking in on it because when I say you midwestern me, it's me wondering if you're if okay, I'm okay.
0: But if you're like doing, if it I'm through, doing it through gritted teeth, if you're like smiling and being like it's fine, I did this, but I'm like I can't tell if it is.
1: That's totally fair. And That's I'm like totally fair. I want to know
0: if it is because <laughs> I don't
1: want to create that <laughs> expectation. I don't want to hurt. I totally get and it. And
0: I don't want you to feel like being in this house. You're like. I don't know. It's it's a lot to be in a house with two kids. It means that like we are often like in a scramble mode. Totally. And I, you didn't choose to have those two kids. <laughs> yeah, I but recognize I choose to that. stay here. There's so it a is like, well, I don't want you to stay here at the at the
1: detriment of your mental health either. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think where I struggle generally with anywhere I'm at in this nomadic life that I've chosen to live in, my problem. Boundaries. That's always been my problem. That's always been my problem. And I and I don't know how to work on that. I I totally get it. And I was, I think where I was at was I was like acknowledging, like, oh, I made dinner. I'm so glad. I'm like genuinely glad to make you dinner. Cause I know you make dinner all the time for the people in this house. I know that. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's something I can do. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was really nice last night. And I, and I thought the dinner was really good. I really liked the food. I thought
0: it was really good. Thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh.
1: Um, please sponsor us. Um, <laughs> no, but I thank you for checking in. I just didn't want you to feel – I didn't want to feel like you're complaining. Well, what about what I did? And I was like, oh, I didn't mean to, like, complain. I just was like, oh, that was my truth. I
0: was more checking in on –
1: in my emotional yeah
0: I can't tell like I'm like I can't tell I can't tell because sometimes I'm like is Carrie being like overly accommodating yes are you being overly accommodating and then feeling badly about that yeah and and like you are you feeling put upon
1: totally is
0: basically like totally because I'm like are you because I don't think you'll tell me if you do is like also where I'm
1: coming from I think that's fair I think that's totally fair. And that's the dynamic
0: of you staying here as well, is that feeling of like, you're not going to tell me if you feel put upon because we're giving you a bedroom. So then you're going to be like, secretly like seething.
1: Well, no, (laughs) I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm seething. I feel so worried about not being a good guest, not being appreciative enough or feeling like i'm taking advantage of something i feel really fearful of that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and i don't ever want you to feel that and i don't like so i don't know do you know what i mean like i but how
0: can you balance that with protecting those boundaries that you know you need to create
1: i don't know and i think that's why this like it's been it all makes sense not having a house like i'm barely anywhere for longer than a couple of weeks since i've been anywhere do you know what i mean but it's still like not having you know it, a space a space of my own that's really hard it's just it'll probably
0: actually feel really good when you're on tour because your hotel room will be your hotel room will be mine
1: will be mine but I, I appreciate you checking in i was worried when you were checking in that you thought i was unappreciative or like wasn't being a good something and i know No got i was more just like you got to shoot straight with me I while know. you're here cuz i'm going to get stressed out if i feel like there's an undertone well, I appreciate you bringing that up because I do – I would love – let's let's have those conversations. I think last night, I – again, like I really don't feel bad about making dinner last night. I believe you. All I was saying was I was just like, oh, that was. I felt overwhelmed.
0: That's all. That's really all. Okay. If you're saying the
1: things you're feeling, we're in a good place. That's all I want. I think because of the Midwesterner thing of like constantly wanting to be – I just want to be a – I want to be positive guest. I don't want it to feel. I don't want. I want to add to your life. I don't want to. Well, I think the
0: honesty thing is you being honest about where you're coming from, and I'm being honest when I say we're happy to have you here. So I'm not. If I didn't want you to stay here, I would have told you it's not a good time or we're too stressed. So now that you're here, and I told you we wanted you here, you have to believe us also, and we'll believe you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Like I feel really okay saying to you, no, figure something else out. You got other people <laughs> in New York. <laughs> but I didn't say that. But I meant that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So Thank if I you. want you here. Then just like be here and be. <sighs> it's not conditional. <laughs> well, and you know, when I need help, I just ask for it. But like, yeah. I, I'm not like, if you say no to me asking, like that doesn't work for me. That's okay. Like, you're not yeah. under, like, a weird slavery contract while you're here. Are you
1: sure? <laughs> but, like, I am cheap. Should I have you sign something? <laughs> yeah. And I think that... You need to push it. Yeah. and <laughs> That's yeah. all. I mean, I was happy making tea last night for the three of us. That was great. That did make me. I didn't mind that because I wanted tea, too. I really want you to catch up on
0: the show we're watching because it's so crazy.
1: Oh, because Because we on- did a
0: Paramount Plus subscription. Do you
1: know about this bundling and unbundling and rebundling? Do you know about this? No talk. The me. great rebundling. It's really interesting. It happens in cable all the time or in technology all the time. Essentially what happens is is people were paying all this money for cable and they were going, "Why am I paying all this money for channels I don't fucking want? What is the point of this?" So then, what started was you the do unbundling. sound like a
0: really good commercial right now. Go
1: on. So then, what sounded like so you're in, you're in, baby. <laughs> yeah. Then what started was the unbundling, which is saying, "Hey, we're taking streaming services, and you don't have to pay for the crap you're not interested in watching." Here we have Netflix, we have Paramount, and they've they've detached all, they've unbundled all of it. And now what's happening is they're doing the great rebundling, where people are realizing, "Holy shit, I'm spending maybe more money than I was spending." On my cable initially, that I was upset with, because now I have to buy all these different streaming services to see the shows I want to watch,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so now they're all being combined again, which is why you have like the Hulu, Disney, ESPN. You have Paramount; like all of these things are yes. being bundled again, which I think well, is well. And
0: we we do like we look at our stuff and we like unsubscribe and resubscribe. To I just a started ton doing that. Things <laughs> like just... we're constantly like, I'm like
1: when the bear nope, comes, not that
0: down. okay. Now we're back, like because I find out, in and, and, and out.
1: I was paying for damn Peacock. What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh my
0: God, so was I. Do you want to
1: know why I was paying for it, though?
0: Vanderpump Rules. Oh, (laughs) I was paying for it for Top Chef, so I see you. Different reality shows. Let
1: that be an indication. But now that I know I'm
0: paying for it, once I found out I was paying for it still, I was like, what? And then instead of unsubscribing, I just got really into all the housewives. (laughs) I was like, well, I better get my fucking money's worth. So which now I'm says, just like did diving in. you Salt Lake in. City? I'm trying to do the new New York, which is hard.
1: Um, by the way, I feel like I have to acknowledge that I, before Jenna Lyons was a house, I mean, Jenna Lyons to me has always been a household name because I love J. Crew. Uh-huh. One year for Halloween, I went to zombie Jenna Lyons. Are you serious? In 2018 or 2017. I have pictures Unreal. of it. Yeah. I like wore big black frames. Cutting edge. Thank you. I want someone to acknowledge. The- I wore like a shift black dress, like with a leather jacket and like big black glasses and a center part low bun. And I did like black zombie makeup. And I went as a zombie. And nobody knew what I was, which is my favorite. You know, Matt's my favorite to go to Halloween and be like, what are you? And I say, oh, "Zombie say, like, what the irons. fuck are you doing? Or I'm the movie lamb. Like I let and they- all of that stuff was in my closet. I didn't have to buy anything. And I was zombie Jenna Lyons. I really like that. Aren't I you really impressed? like Jenna Lyons? She's great. Where are you working tomorrow? I told you it's the murder. <laughs> please. Please. I know. Please. I'll try. We'll okay, see. We'll see. Carrie I just, really wants me to I really record. I'm dying for you to just do a voice memo. Because here's the deal hmm. it might be so embarrassing, but tragedy plus time is comedy. And if you take, <laughs> if it's so embarrassing and you take a little time, It'll be funny for, okay. it's going to be funny for me immediately because I have, it was never a tragedy it's gonna for It's going to be funny me. for
0: a lot of people immediately, but I think that for me, it's really traumatic. Quinn,
1: you talked about shaving your legs with toilet water. What is trauma? It's, you've used. It's my
0: life. It's my day-to-day life is the answer. Mm-hmm.
1: True life. It's to trauma. It's why true it's a, tra- a job. <laughs> uh hire me someone. No one's, I don't know if like I can say, like I'm going to probably, sh- I'm going to share it on this yeah. podcast, which I'm excited about. So I'm going on tour with a show called Psychology of Serial Killers. Um, I'm going on as the company manager. Um, and you can find local listings at psychologyofserialkillers.com. Um, and I'm going with Dr. Rachel Tolles. And she is going to like go through the psychology of serial killers. And there's going to be a Q&A every show. So I'm like pretty stoked. And I'm going to be in a car with her for hours a day. But I think I'm going to learn a lot about True crime, more true crime and serial killers and things like that. So I'm excited to share it with our audiences. it will be fun.
0: I'm so excited to like hear everything that you get exposed to. I'm truly like wildly excited. Even that TikTok you just showed me, I'm like, I follow know, Dr. Okay. Rachel so tolls. basically, she says that men and women's brains are made up differently, and that men's brains are waffles and women's brains are spaghetti. Skitty. And one of the ways she explains that is picture like all the little uh,
1: nooks and crannies.
0: Yeah. So waffles are like a grid and men separate things and they have a box for each thing. So they're like, this is the wife box. This is the work
1: work box. This
0: is the friend box. This is the nothing box, she said. And she said, they have a nothing box. So if you say to a man, what are you thinking about? He says nothing. He's telling the truth, (laughs) which is funny. (laughs) Women could never answer that question by saying nothing because their brains are spaghetti. So they don't put things in boxes. Everything is crisscrossed. And they're constantly thinking a million things simultaneously and how they relate. And everything is intertwined, which that just like rang true for me.
1: Yeah, I think you live with three men. I live so with like, a waffle. I live with the and waffle I am a spaghetti, so it makes sense. Yes, I am a very – I am so spaghetti. But I'm sure, like, what – I'm sure some women have waffle brains that we've yeah. seen be, like, how can and you – And some yeah. men
0: have spaghetti. But it totally. did feel – I mean, you can't always totally gender those things, but there is a, a something is a, in that yeah. that rings true to me. And yeah. I was like, that's fascinating.
1: But I love it where she's, like, this idea of, like – a wife being an object that is either like wonderful as a a little box in your waffle this box
0: is doing great things for me and then it's like no this box is getting in the way of other boxes I like like drug box or mistress box and then you're like I gotta get rid of
1: that box do you think that's why more women are hoarders? Uh, a statistic I have not validated and don't know if that's actually (laughs) true But I think of like the women in my life and the men in my life. And the men are like, we got to get rid of this. We got to get rid of this box. And the women are like, what about, we might need this someday. Like, I feel like I'm curious if that, if the, if the box analogy goes to actual physical boxes as well, not just metaphorical boxes. That's
0: really interesting. I think, yes. I think you just really hit on something. And I think she should invite you on stage. At the big show.
1: Could you imagine? <laughs> hi. Hi. I, I just had a thing to say. I have one thing to say.
0: <laughs> um, Should we thank two
1: Patreons? Two Patreons. Let's thank. By the way, you're listening to Truly, Darkly, Creamly. I'm Quillen Posner. And I'm Carrie, up a mom.
0: Let's thank Joseph, 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 w. Joseph,
1: w. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. You are not a sheriff, I don't think that rhymed with F, but we tried because Joseph W, it's you, it's, it's clue. you, it's true, it's a clue. give loo. us a clue, who
0: are you, do, do you do wear w? a technicolor dream coat, I bet it looks great on your body. What's your body look like? (laughs) Explain
1: it to us in detail. Write in and let us know. (laughs) We're dying to know what your body looks like. Does it look like a box or like a bowl of spaghetti? Or a W. What a weird body type W is. We don't judge body types, Quinn, on this podcast. All body types are amazing. Join our cast.
0: (laughs) Okay, I think we're done. I think we're good. Let's do one more though.
1: Come <laughs> the objective, on. Let's do one the more.
0: It was fun. <laughs> I think it was good. Um Kate
1: F. Kate, Kate F. Kate F. You are such a Kate. blessing. To Kate. Us. Kate F. Kate. Kate. S. Kate.
0: <laughs> Can't even do Get your name right. Kate. Kate Kate. Kate. F. We do not hate. You Kate, it's the opposite, opposite feeling, feeling. The, the, one one. Love. Love. the one that's called love. The one that's called F, the one that's called F in somebody cuz
1: love him so much. We fucking love you, Katie. F when we put the fucking F because it is in your name, Katie F. It's just Kate F, not Katie. I'm so sorry I called you that. F-f-f-f-f. <laughs> well. Okay. Um, I think my mom's note of maybe we should practice it. Well, um, I don't <laughs> I don't think I agree. I hope she wasn't
0: listening to that one. I don't
1: think we agreed. Um who goes first today? It is is an uh, it's an even, which means me. Great. I'd love to listen. Okay, I've been wanting to cover this case for a while or a case like this oh, for a while. Cool. Um so I got this information from a documentary on Netflix called Our Father, The New York Times, The Atlantic, Marie Claire. Esquire Wikipedia time. By the way, did you know that the members of Condé Nast just started striking today? No. Yeah. They want fair wages. And they're really good. Those signs are really good because they're all referencing Devil Wears Prada. But basically, like, they some people haven't gotten a raise in four years at Condé Nast. And, like, they're a huge... Condé Nast is travel? Condé Nast is vogue? <laughs> Bon Appetit. Oh, no shit. Vanity Fair. And I didn't know it was such a big umbrella. It's a huge... It's like, umbrella. And Anna Wintour, apparently because she laid off a bunch of people at Pitchfork, and reportedly she didn't take off her sunglasses before telling everyone like, she, like, kept her sunglasses on and well, was like, that's everybody's fashion. being fired. Everyone relax. That's just fashion. That's <laughs> just fa- Fascism. Okay, let's keep going. So- <laughs> Is it fashion
0: or fascism? Is it fa- you decide. It's a
1: really fun game. Hugo Boss? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, did you, have you ever done a 23andMe?
0: No, I never will. Why? I'm not gonna, because what if Koa commits a crime later in life? He should be free to run wild afterward.
1: <laughs> so, wait, how did your dad feel about a 23andMe DNA test? Does he, he says, don't do it as a criminal I've defense never attorney? I've asked him. It's a really good, well,
0: let's ask him. Let's ask him. Just kidding, he's in Cuba.
1: Illegal! <laughs> Don't say it. He's a beep. Okay. So um, this woman, Jacoba Ballard, she was born in a family. God, I started like, I wake up. It's not. So she was growing up and she was like, why am I blonde and all my family's brunette? This is so crazy. Um, And her mom's like, listen. Dad had some hard times with his sperm, so like we, you were you were born of a donor, and she was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. So she like found out at ten that she was born of a donor, and growing up, she's like, you know, if I'm born from a donor, like maybe I could have siblings out mm-hmm. there, like really exciting stuff. And I think too is I, ca- I can't imagine not knowing who your family is in that way, and like curiosity must just be like killing rampant. the cat, killing the little pussy. So. <laughs> That's horrible. So she tells her mom, your her mom had told her, she's like, I went to this guy who's very well known in Indianapolis. Um, his name is Dr. Donald Klein, and he used artificial insemination. And basically what he did was he um he used samples that were provided from like medical students, anonymous medical students from like across the hospital, like from the hospital across the street, which again, like we're talking 80s 90 like we're 80s this is the 80s um and he's again the leading fertility specialist and to be clear i think we know more now than we did before but he his sort of specialty was using live sperm that was like his deal he was like fresh live sperm we love it we need it let's use it yeah and so her mom was like in her early 20s and she really wants a kid and so he's like i can help you we're going to use an anonymous donor Young, virile men, really smart. They're in medical school. Heard of it? Um, I only use sperm from this donor three times because we were worried about consang. What is it? Um, consanguinity, which is to say, what like is that? it's an amazing. So consang, sang, like sanguine is oh sanguine, blood. Yeah. yeah, sanguine is blood. So consanguinity is that they don't want people accidentally dating their siblings or relatives.
0: So we can't put a bunch of cousins out there unknowingly. Yeah,
1: unknowingly. That's right. just not. So they're like worried about that. They're aware of that, um, especially because like they're in this small area. They don't want that to happen. So the nurse in the office talks about how her job was she'd go across the street to the medical school and she'd collect a specimen from like an anonymous donor, which just also feels really wild to me that men are just jacking off in cups being like, here, I'll if you father a child. It. Like, that's crazy. But I guess they're all doctors. Maybe they're all just like left brain, right brain boxes. Okay, so waffles. So they're not <laughs> spaghettiing it up. So they're <laughs> checking off spaghetti, but they're not. Okay, okay, well, okay, okay. moving on. So here's the crazy thing. The nurse would go across the street and she'd take the specimen and it has to stay warm. And so she'd put it in her bra and she'd walk across the street and hand the levels to visual. the doctor mm-hmm. and they'd use the like weird fake needle thing throw it up in the cervix fingers crossed legs crossed we turkey got turkey baster turkey baster vibes so it's like her experience again ivf is not a thing they're not like giving trigger shots or anything so she just waited until she ovulated walked in they inseminated her bada bing bada boom she was pregnant So little Jacoba is like, I'm so curious. if I have siblings. It's 1999. And she decides to call Dr. Klein's clinic, um, his fertility clinic. And she asks him, she's like, do you have any information of my donor? Like, I'm not, I don't want to be in contact with my father. I just, I would love to know if I have siblings out there. Like that, I just would be curious about the bond. Like I'm really I'm really curious. And he's like, I'm sorry. All of our donors were completely anonymous and your mother's records have been destroyed. So there's no way I can help you with this. She says, "Okay." She shrugs off. She's disappointed. She moves on. Flash forward to 2013 when 23andMe and these DNA tests, ancestry, like they all just it feels like do you remember when they came out and how people just were like, Christmas gifts. It was like Oprah. You know, everybody was getting everyone a fucking DNA test. Um, (laughs) And here she is. She sees an opportunity. She's always wanted siblings. This could give her some answers she didn't have. So she gets, she does the DNA test and she gets her results back. And she finds out that on her list, she has seven half siblings. And she's like, whoa, this is crazy. I got seven half siblings. This is great. She's super excited, but also she's like, wait a minute. But I thought he said max three times. Eh, weird. Okay. So she starts digging deeper. She finds out she has another sibling. Again, people are taking these tests. The results are being updated. So she starts working on a family tree in the site and they're going through the paternal line and she finds a second cousin. She reaches out to the second cousin and she asks for lists of family names. So she goes through the list of family names and one of the names looks familiar and she realizes it's Dr. Klein's mother's maiden name. Mm. So she reaches out to the second cousin and she's like, hey, this name, I'm curious about it. Do you know if there's like a Klein in the family tree? And the cousin reaches back. She's like, actually, yeah, that's so funny you ask. We actually have one of my cousins is a um, is a doctor named Donald Klein. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, her blood runs cold. And she's like, oh, my gosh, is the doctor who inseminated my mother my father? Mm. So she immediately, like, sends a request or she makes a note to the attorneys general in Indiana. And she's like, hey, um, I think this guy is my father. um, And all of these, like, half siblings are also related to him. So it's becoming pretty clear to her that the man who was her mother's doctor is her father. So... She receives sort of a form note from them saying they're investigating. They can't keep her breast of the situation, but nothing else. And then it just kind of dies. She doesn't hear back from them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently they reach out to him and he denies that he used his own sperm in the insemination. Um, and he's also like, listen, I shredded all my records. I have no records of any of this, but it's, it, she, to quote Shaggy, it wasn't me. So then <laughs> I'm sure that's what he said. <laughs> it's like 80 look you guys to coachaggy like packs a gun He's... <laughs> anyway so um she then does what any i think person who wants justice does which is she goes to the media so she contacts a bunch. She contacts a bunch of media outlets and tries to tell her story. People aren't taking it up until finally this woman Angela Goodnote says she wants this story. So she starts researching as well and she reaches out to Dr. Klein. And again, he denies being the father of these kids. He sticks to his story. It's not him, and he only used sperm. Like it's the same party line. Um, she asks him for DNA to rule him out. He's like, No, I'm not going to do DNA. Which I can understand. You're not going to just like give anyone your DNA, sure. Um, So when the story first airs in Indiana, they cannot use his name, Mm -hmm. which we worked for a corporation. We know that life. Okay, so without his DNA, they can't officially prove it. But this is as they're sharing the story more, people are taking a DNA test. Also, this woman is watching this this, um, story and she sees Jacoba and she's like, huh, like that kind of looks like me. And her husband's like, yeah, that looks like your sister. And she's like, weird. And. So she she knew her she knew her parents had fertility issues and her mother was told that they took her father's sperm like he gave a sample and they inseminated this woman's mother and that made this woman Julie right uh-huh. that's so she did go to Dr. Klein but her father gave a sample every time they went well turns out she took a DNA test oh my god and she finds out that Dr. Klein is actually her father. Yeah. And so her mother was inseminated without her consent with this with doctor's. With another man's murder. With her doctor's semen. Right. So her mother has to tell her father, like, hey, we just found out that your daughter Isn't biologic. is biologically not yours. And he's he, she says, she's like, I'll never forget what he said. He says, he's taken everything away from me. So... At this point, they're like continuing to do their own research and they finally reach out to Klein's kids and grandkids, his direct descendants Mm -hmm. that he claims that, you know, he raised and they're all over. They reach out to all the ones over 18. They're not going to like super traumatize someone, but (laughs) one of his sons reached back. He has four kids with him and his wife. um, And he's like, I'd love to meet you. And so she thinks that the best place for them to meet is at a church. They meet, a ch- they meet at a church and they say, listen, um, my dad did confirm that he is your father. Like he did use his sperm, but he only used it when he didn't have access to other sperm. And there's no more than 10 times he did this. There's no more than 10 siblings. And so Jacoba's like, listen, I want to meet him. So her and five of her siblings meet him at a cafe or whatever. And he walks in with a cane and with a gun on his hip. And he sits down and he asks each of them their name, their age, and their job. She talked about how she was like, it was almost like he was sizing us up, seeing which of us was most success- successful. Um, they asked about medical history, because like a lot of these siblings have the same autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you have nothing to worry about. He then brings out a scripture. And he's like, Jacoba, this is for you, because he knew she had a hard time with it. Um, and she was like, Put that away. You're not going to use my God to justify your actions, and he said he only did what he did because the mothers were desperate for a child. He only did it to help, and then he was like, "Listen, there's going to be no more than fifteen. Feels like the number's growing, is not it? I yeah, I thought it? we
0: just heard a ten. We and it's did not just not hear ten. An auction house, so I'm concerned. It is concerned. not.
1: It is not. We do, the more he, is it the yeah, fifteen? It's like, no, no, stay. I want to <laughs> tell you what it goes up to, but we got to save it for the end. Otherwise, people are going to stop listening. So the number <laughs> of siblings keeps growing past 15. And again, the the variations of the people that were born of this man's sperm is like there are people that were struggling with infertility. There was, there was people who brought in their husbands. There was yeah. people like none of these women, to be clear, consented. With using this man's sperm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think what's important to note is that when you test sperm or when you give someone family history, there there are there are answers that would immediately disqualify disqualify the, disqualify them from mm-hmm. donating their sperm. To be clear, Dr. Klein would have been disqualified. He had rheumatoid arthritis. He had an autoimmune disease. His sperm would have been disqualified. One patient came in and she talks about how she was inseminated by this man 15 times and she talks about her experience and it's like these children well because she had she couldn't get pregnant oh god okay and she's like what makes me sick is that this man was masturbating in a room next door and he's still like as she said which i thought was yeah it feels
0: like a a sex crime a little bit doesn't it like he's getting off on like i'm putting my ejaculate these women like it's such a power like a power over you exactly
1: and and she was like he was still in an endocrine high Mm -hmm. when he was inseminating me from when he was masturbating like the actual like he in order to master in order to Mm -hmm. produce semen you have to go through an orgasm and that is innately sexual how Mm -hmm. can that not be she says that And the middleman
0: is supposed to what sort of makes it unsexual. It like protects you where it's like there's a person that's ejaculating and then later in a totally different time with a different – and you're not meeting each other face to face, the doctor who had nothing to do with the masturbation. Who is
1: helping you in your infertility, which is, as we know –
0: You're taking out the middleman and you're turning it into a sex crime. And it's
1: already a traumatic thing to oh. not like you feel like you're like it is already a traumatic thing to be going through infert- infertility like this and yeah. to know that this person was like taking advantage in some way or or, or abusing his power or or acting in an untrustworthy yeah. way. Um she has one son and obviously she found out because he was a part of the DNA um grouping and he was like, "Oh no, this guy is my father." Her His mother was on record or she's in this documentary being like, I feel like I was raped 15 times and I didn't even know it. Oh, my God. Um, What's crazy is at his clinic, again, he was very well known in the area. He had friends who he worked with and like inseminated. In fact, one of his friends um, is this woman who seems who did not like him she was like he was very cocky he was very confident she was like overly confident like she didn't like him very much like he was like she talks about she was like I was actually like a neurobiologist I worked with preemies like I knew how like child development and he was and she was like he always knew more than me he's like that guy you know and Mm -hmm. again I don't I want to be very clear I think her being a woman has an effect on it that's not said in this but he just seems like that fucking guy um she struggled with fertility years later her daughter finds out that her father who she thought was her dad is not but the doctor and here's the kicker he was her gynecologist so she was his daughter's
0: gynecologist
1: yes yes and she talks the way she recounts this is the trauma of like
0: Having your mind have to spaghetti all he that? Because he knew. That is absolutely he mental. He knew. He knew. He
1: knew. She's like, he got that information. I had no choice. I had no choice. You don't want any member of your family. To be your gynecologist? No. no. It's fucking vile. They interview people in his office <sighs> oh at the time. Oh, my God. The physicians, nurses, no one had a fucking clue. This is so... So the media is investigating this. He obviously feels the heat turning up on him. And so he calls Jacoba. And what does he say? No more than 20. (laughs) And we're at 20, 20, 25, 25. (laughs) He is like, listen, you should drop this investigation because you know what? If this comes out, it's at risk of ruining my marriage. Oh, poor baby. I've been married 57 years and I just... Get out of here. And she's like, I am not doing anything wrong. Like, I can tell this story to whomever I want. Like, Good for this her. is not... Yeah, fuck you, And man. this is all recorded. And he's like, <gasps> I don't... He goes, I don't care who you tell, but putting it on television for the whole world to see. I go, if you're not okay with that, you've affected so many fucking lives. And now here's the kicker. Here's where we get into sort of the why. He talks about his position at a church that he's involved with. He's an elder at his church. And, like, let's get into sort of his background and his relationship with God. Mm-hmm. In 1963, he is driving his car, and he accidentally hits a little girl, and she is killed. This shakes his faith, and he finds God. Mm-hmm. In some of their research, and I don't know if this is totally proven, but in some of their research, they find that he is connected to this quiverful. Quiverful is a Christian movement, let's just call it a cult, where it encourages you to have as many children as possible. Now, the scripture he's repeating to all of these kids that he has sired I don't Mm -hmm. wanna say fathered because he's not, but he has sired is Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now, what's important about quiverful, is that they encourage you to have as many children as possible. Mm -hmm. It's this idea of, like, if you the more kids you put out in the world, the more ambassadors for God you have, like, the more you are doing God's work. Mm -hmm. Now, his religion, I think, was a very big part of who he was. He had signs all around his office with scripture quotes. He would pray in his office. In his backyard, he had a pool where he would casually baptize people and i think what's also important about quiverful is they have connections to white supremacist theological ideas Mm -hmm. which is they're worried about it's like they are so concerned with whiteness being eradicated that they are promoting a white supremacist idea of christianity and it's interesting because all of his kids that he's sired all of the people he sired have, most of them are blonde hair. Most of them have blue eyes, mm-hmm. and so there's this sort of like underlying white supremacy at play here.
0: Because he was also deciding, yeah, when he met women of color in his office, not to inseminate I'm, them.
1: They, we were in Indiana. There was there's no so that's proof not even happening. Con- there's no, you're well, there's no proof to the contrary. To be clear, but what we do know is that like the. The amount of children in his office—I mean, it was predominantly white—and whether mm. that's because he lived in that area, whether that's because—but to be clear, this quiverful is related to white supremacist ideas.
0: So it's not a crazy—it's not step a crazy or step. Leap yeah, it's a definitely an that... assumption.
1: To be clear, it's definitely an assumption.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, at this point, like when the heat is turning up on him, Jacoba's noted like a lot of the siblings who have been outward in their anger and wanting justice against him. Um, some weird things start happening. Like Jacoba notices that all four of her tires have the lug nuts removed. Another sibling has a hard drive and she notices that all of the articles about him, about Dr. Klein, are erased. Another sibling gets calls from someone asking if they want to buy a cemetery plot. And all of them think this is in direct relation. Like they're having their lives threatened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So... Jacoba really wants to get justice and so she's contacting the attorney general's office again no one's returning her calls and she's so she's like I'm going to go in harder I'm going to investigate further meanwhile the amount of siblings are growing and growing and growing and Jacoba talks about how she'd get a notice on her DNA on her 23andMe and have to call someone and be like I know I'm going to ruin their lives and so it's like what's that conversation and she's like it just would be hours on the phone being like you're father is not who you think it is or this is this is the case Mm -hmm. this is your life now which is an interesting thing to feel like you like something that was a hard thing for me to sort of wrap my head around which is like what if someone doesn't want to know like don't you think somebody has an option to say if you if you're interested in learning more feel free to contact like instead of I don't know I just that's hard. That's a really a hard, hard. That's um, a hard one for me to. It's
0: those calls that are like, if you bought this Johnson and Johnson product on such and such a date, call this law firm. Except
1: it's your whole life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's. I I'm can't... just saying,
0: like she's trying to build a court
1: case. Totally. She's trying to find the out the more extent victims of this. out
0: there, and the more victims that will speak out, the better for building that court case. So I also understand. You just said in the same breath as this story that she's really seeking justice. Yeah. And I feel like it's gotta be I believe that it's not um I believe it's not bittersweet. I believe that it's only bitter when she sees these people popping up in this twenty-three in me. But I also think that she's putting her head down and saying, This is hard, but we have a job to do. And I don't think that's wrong.
1: I think there's also another part of this that I'll get in it, that I'll talk about now, which is the majority of his patients were from a 25 mile radius. Ugh. So people know each other. Are there couples? Oh my god! Oh my god! There's oh my no god, oh couples, my god. but like Thank people god. were like, "Thank God." People are like, every time a new name popped up, they're like, "I'm so afraid I dated this person," or like, "I hope I don't." Or know just this like person. she found
0: out her dad was her gynecologist. You know, somebody's like. Weird, the guy I buy coffee from every day is my brother.
1: Well, that's what happened is they were able to like be like two of them went to Purdue at the same time. Two of them were at a garage. Like one of them sold a wagon to one of their half siblings at a garage sale. Two of them lived on the same street. Two kids, two of their kids were on the same softball team. And at this point, their kids are getting old enough where they could potentially date. So these parents are having to have conversations with their children being like "Um, that house is off limits. Like, <laughs> careful of your prom date. Like, what? Like, w- careful of who you're attracted to because they might be your cousin. I. Um, and again, it's like, he said at first three times max. The first time he actually came out about his sperm was ten times, then fifteen times. I mean, we're we're in the dozens. Mm-hmm. We're in a lot. So. She files another complaint with the Indiana Attorneys General. She's like trying to get traction. And again, she finally gets the media to bring help, bring attention to this case. And what she really wants is she wants a rape. She wants rape by deception. She she think like she feels he is guilty of rape by deception. Yeah. And the prosecutor on this case, who becomes a bit of her adversary, is like, I can't he didn't legally commit rape. And she's like, well, what about battery like, what, what about it? And he's like, it's not battery. And she's like, well, if I spit on you right now, is that battery? And he's like, yes, that is. And she's like, well, what's the difference? Because I spit on you. This mm-hmm. man was putting his semen in someone. And so he was talking. His He felt like he didn't want to bring this case to court because he there's no specific law that he was breaking. And okay. so it's in this really crazy gray area and so there's this conversation of the sexual assault law in indiana requires two things force and non-consent um and so it was finding both of those because they while they have the non-consent but they also have like there's very there's so much gray area in this that he wasn't like an indiana jury was not going to convict him and so he wasn't going to bring a slam dunk case like this to the court and so the family is going i want justice and he's done he's done nothing like i am i am at an impasse here like what he did is morally absolutely reprehensible and we don't have fucking justice um now there's an a there's a legal expert that is interviewed in the documentary which is like rape can include conduct that is not sexual to the victim but the to the perpetrator is sexual Mm -hmm. so it's like that could be their closest sort of thing which is like this procedure wasn't sexual innately to these women but to the the perpetrator it might have been like he was masturbating and that could have been something but of course he claims that like oh I it was never sexual it was just providing a specimen Um, that's the other thing is they kept talking about how his sample his sample and I'm like we just call it his jizz like we call it his semen mm-hmm. like sample feels so removed. we're not a cost
0: though <laughs> and it's not a delight it's not an it's enchilada not de- okay
1: <laughs> like Let's be real. When I can't believe you brought up an enchilada right now it's in this case. It's not an enchilada. You're disgusting. So anyway, so, uh, so um, when they initially went and investigated his case, he wrote back and was like, I never gave my sample to these people. And then he also threatened to sue Jacoba for libel and slander. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the prosecutor's like, I guess this is the best we can do, which is, we know these kids are his and he told us on paper that they were not so we can get him for felony obstruction of justice which is admitting that he lied to the state investigating and also that he did threaten jacoba with libel and slander so those that's two counts of obstruct that's the best case they can draw it's okay. two counts of obstruction to justice so they decide to pursue that Um, And in that way, they are able to get a DNA test from him with these charges. And in 2017, he pleads guilty to two felony obstructions of justice, um, lying and threatening Jacoba. And part of the deal was that he had to get part of the deal was that he had to he it had to be that he was a felon on his records. That was a part of the deal. Yeah. And Jacoba was able to give a victim impact statement. But what's really interesting about this is that she was not able to assert any other criminal charges. So she wrote all this stuff and it was redlined and she tried to read it anyway. And they have a recording of this and they're constantly objecting to her making these accusations against him when all she could say is that you lied. But she can't go through about all the times. That would be the, the hardest thing to yeah. not
0: do a victim impact statement. She in could, your like words. her voice,
1: is, she was completely cut off. That's unfair.
0: Out. That's wild. they sh- that's crazy. Cuz they were
1: like and what's crazy is Cuz it's on the record. He is well connected. He's involved in the church, so he had a prosecutor from another town write letters of support for him. The siblings that are there are absolutely disgusted. He is given a paltry 365-day jail sentence. Terrible. His license he has to surrender his license, but he had retired from from he'd retired in 2009. Forget it he had expired in 2017. He's barred from getting another, you know, license. (laughs) Since then, he's paid $1.3 million to the, to his kids and their their families. But he operated his practice between 1979 and 1986. As of now, like, even when the trailer dropped for this documentary. Still finding. New sibling. Guess how many? 40. 94. (laughs) Oh, my God. 94 and think about this this is in a 25 mile radius like people are just they know these people these like you're walking around your sibling it's like it of course it has to be this like religious mandate it has to be unreal since the start of dna tests there's been in this type of behavior where doctors are inseminating patients there's been about 44 other doctors, but Dr. Klein is the most prolific with Mm -hmm. 94. I just like can't even believe that 94 fucking kids. And the siblings worked together in 2018, 2019 where they got a new law passed in Indiana that makes fertility fraud. um, It makes it illegal for fertility doctors to use their own sperm without the patient's consent and allows, uh, and it allows the doctors, victims, their spouses and their children to sue in civil court. But as of right now, there is no federal law on the matter. And I think I covered a case a while ago where it's – I just find this stuff so interesting where our advances in science and technology, the law hasn't caught up. And Mm -hmm. it's like there are people like this guy who was acting – Can operate without being – Without anyone the wiser. Like people he partnered with at his Mm – at the fertility clinic were like, he was my good friend. And they're like, he's fucking evil. Yeah. 94 half siblings are running around twenty the majority of them are 25. So now they're just like, I don't know. And they're grandkids. Like once they have kids, there's gonna be more kids. And it's and like. And when you
0: meet somebody in your neighborhood, are you like. So. I- <laughs> do you know that your parents are your parents?
1: Like it would be like the weirdest because you, you'd you be like. Did they go to Dr. Klein at all? And and the reporter in this documentary yeah, was like. Yes, that's the question. Even if your parents didn't have fertility issues, if your mother went to Dr. Klein, get a paternity test.
0: Because he wasn't doing it because they were asking sometimes.
1: I wonder, well, I don't know. I don't know if they were asking or not sometimes, but we know that he was oh, giving his sperm okay. non-consensually. We know that. We know that he was implanting his sperm in women that did not know and did not consent to that. I can't reiterate, he had autoimmune diseases that would have, that would have disqualified him and he was still doing it. You know what I mean? Like he that's he knew it he was knew. all about
0: him. I mean, the whole thing is just like the, the, the amount of the the fragile male waffle ego.
1: God, do you know what I got to say? His waffle. It's a more like a pie cell. A lot of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Wow. That was a long one. But thank you. I needed to tell you that.
0: I needed to hear it. I'm going to tell you the Red Barn murder. Um, Old school, old school, 1800 style murder.
1: Ooh, we Mm. got contemporary law. We got past wrongdoings. So let's
0: go. Wikipedia, Great British Life, Murderpedia, and Mental Floss. Maria Martin was born in 1801. And her dad is a mole catcher, (laughs) which sounds like a great job. Sounds like Kim Possible. <laughs> they live in Suffolk And uh, she's pretty popular As she grows up Pretty popular with the guys Gets uh, pregnant twice So you're calling
1: her a slut I'm calling her a beauty
0: I'm calling her a classic beauty You her slut I hear hottie Mick hotter. I would
1: never call someone a slut Unless they are born in the 1800s In which case Fair game
0: Fair you know game what, you know Statute her, of
1: limitations Grandfather You know what her
0: sister calls her? A tart oh, A tart I- yeah.
1: Well, okay, we're in England. I should have known. Yeah. A taunt,
0: whoa, yeah. A, ta- I a taunt. Either. Um one of her kids she has with this guy Thomas Quarter and it dies as a baby cuz it's the 1800s and that happened a lot. I'm just I'm just don't want you guys to get bogged down, okay? So skip are you over. bog
1: bodies? Dead
0: baby. Moving on. She then has another baby dead, with a guy you just named it
1: is? Dead baby. Moving on. on. I need you to acknowledge. I can't do
0: it. I can't do dead babies this morning. So we're just like, we're going to like skip it.
1: So you're going to go fully the other direction and be like, it's totally fine. Moving on. It's totally
0: fine. There were dead babies everywhere. It was the 1800s. Relax. (laughs) They lined the streets.
1: (laughs) That's so fucking grim.
0: I mean, just be glad I don't know the baby's name. So. Then there's another baby, not a dead baby, she has with Peter Matthews. He doesn't marry her, but he sends her uh, essentially like uh, child payments. Child support? I guess, but I I don't think it was court ordered. Like, I think, I don't know how things worked back then. Like I think he's guy. just like, hey, I don't want to be around you, but here's some money. And he would send her money sometimes. Then she meets another guy she wants to have a relationship with. Um, he is, remember the first guy, Thomas Quarter, that she had the baby with and mm-hmm. the baby died? His brother. She's like, I want to hit that up. Wait, wait,
1: that's Tom. That's, oh.
0: Not the baby's brother, Thomas (laughs) Quarter's brother. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, God. I
1: figured he wasn't the baby's brother.
0: So we're in 19. That would be her child. (laughs) Right. So she's 25 years old. It's 1926. She starts to date this guy that is a few years younger than her. He's 22, William Quarter. Okay. Okay. He, his parents are farmers, and people are like, careful of that guy. He's a fucking fraudster because he is a ladies' man, which is fine. Sounds like she's a man's lady. So, whatever. <laughs> but he has a reputation of trying to do things to get money, and they're not great. I think he steals pigs because why not? Sure. Sure. He forges checks. Great. I love Catch Me If You Can. He has a nickname. Frank. Foxy. No relation to Noxy.
1: We just combined so many true crime references in that one bit.
0: (laughs) So what happened? I feel bad for him. It sounds like he had a hard life. I mean, first of all, it's 1800s. Everyone did. Dead babies lying to the streets. But also, (laughs) it was difficult because... His dad dies and he has a bunch of brothers that die within a year and a half. A bunch of like three brothers and a dad all die. And then it's like, here's your farm. You better fucking figure out how to take care of it. You're here with your mom, like figure out how to be a man and do this. And I think it's just a lot. So meanwhile, they're having this relationship and she gets pregnant. And he's like, let's not tell anybody about this baby because we're not married and it's a thing. She gives birth. They're still not getting married. And then their kid dies. Which, again, common. Common when you die. (laughs) So then – They've been meeting up in this place called the Red Barn, which is like half a mile from where she lives. And I got the feeling that they were meeting up there to like rendezvous, like Mm -hmm. sexually. But then at one point they are meeting up there and her stepmother's there too. So obviously that was not a sexual meeting, but it is a meeting where they are hanging out and in front of Anne, the stepmom, he's like, I will marry you and I'm going to take you to Ipswich and we're going to... Get out of here.
1: I'm going to Ipswich, April 27th.
0: I just think of clams when I say it.
1: Ipswich New Wolsey. I already have 100 tickets sold for the show.
0: I can't wait. Isn't Find, it great? The, find the fucking Red Barn. Oh, okay. no, that's in Suffolk. Shit. I um, probably will be there as well. Okay. Well, part of why he wants to leave is he's like, you had this baby. The baby's a bastard. We're going to get in big trouble we got to get you out of here. People are going to be pissed. And I just don't know how serious a thing that was. It It, feels like like
1: it's pretty darn serious. In the
0: 1800s? I just don't know. I don't know the culture of the town, but here's all I'm saying. I don't know. The baby's dead. I don't know that she's going to get in trouble, but he keeps pushing that point and being like, we got to go, we got to go. And then he's like, you know what? I heard a rumor that there's like a constable that knows and is after you. So this is getting serious. And... I don't think he was serious in the sense that they kept not going. Like it was like Mm -hmm. false alarm where she'd be like, okay, are we going? Are you going to marry me or not? And he'd be like, nah, not tonight. So it's like he's acting like there's this emergency where they have to leave to keep her safe. But then he's not leaving. And then eventually he's like, okay, we really do need to leave. And here's the plan. Meet me at the Red Barn. I'm going to bring you dude's clothing so that you can like leave the town Mm -hmm. in the dead of night, dressed as a man, and no one will be the wiser. So third time's the charm. Meet me at the Red Barn tonight. They're going to go there separately. They sneak out and then presumably leave to go to Ipswich to marry. Okay. The family does not hear from them for a while, and they'll write letters, but Maria will never write the family back. And then quarter... William will like show up in the town and they'll be like, hey, aren't you with our sister? Where's Maria? And he's like, oh, back in uh, Ipswich. Don't worry about it. She's totally fine. Um, And they're like, it's just weird. We haven't heard from her. It's been months. And he just always has an excuse. He'll even be like, you know, the mail must have gotten lost. She did write you back. You know what? She really hurt her hand. So she couldn't write you back. Like, it's pretty flake." Thin the shit he's coming up with for like why they haven't heard a damn thing <laughs> yeah. from Maria so people are feeling suspicious and in the midst of all this it's now been almost a year since they've seen her and Maria's stepmom Anne starts to have a reoccurring dream and yeah. the reoccurring dream is that Maria was murdered and she keeps imagining or dreaming that she was murdered and buried in the red barn this is happening again and again. And she says to her husband, I think your daughter was killed. And I think she was killed in the red barn. Oof. Like, we got to check this out. She's dreaming it over and over again. So he does finally go to the barn in April of 1828. And he starts to dig around and he finds her remains in a storage bin oh, God. in a sack and she's pretty decomposed at this point it's been a really long time but it's her like it's her clothes you know it's her hair uh she, they knew about a tooth she'd been missing that matches up so they're like this is her and implicating william which obviously he's implicated from the start because he's been yeah. saying that she's at home with her hurt hand not writing or whatever he has a handkerchief and it's tied around her neck and they're like What the fuck? Find William. They go to the boarding house he's been staying in, and they find pistols, and they find a French passport, and they get the vibe that he was, like, going to skedaddle. They're like, no, you're going to be tried for murder, sir. And they bring him to trial, and everybody's like, this is going to be good watching. So people are, like, filling up the local hotels. They all want to watch the trial. He's pleading not guilty. And... Kind of the problem is that because it's the 1800s and they find this body and it's decomposed, they're like, we don't really know why she's dead. Like, you got the scarf around the neck. Did she get strangled? You got some, like, holes in the body. Did she get stabbed? Did she get shot? Oh, did she get stabbed when her dad dug her up with a spade? Like, is that making it look like she was stabbed? They just they don't know how she died and it makes everybody nervous because they're like we got to get this asshole on something so they try him on everything they indict him on like nine charges including forgery like they're like remember when you did that they're just like trying to be like whoa we got to get this guy in trouble and martin the stepmom comes in and basically recounts what happened, which is why this is a case that a lot of people cover in True Crime or know about is just the oddball idea that she had these premonitions and dreams. Right. And that's the only reason they found her was that she kept being like, I am dreamed that this is so. It feels really wild. But once people are, are going to trial and coming out of the woodwork, Maria's 10-year-old brother, George, is like, I actually saw William Quarter with a loaded pistol before they went to the barn, and I saw him come out of the barn, and he had a pickaxe, so I don't know. Like, it didn't occur to me that that was anything. I thought they were fleeing that Whoa. night, but now that I know maybe my sister was killed by him that night, I'm coming out to say this. And there is a feeling of, like, they were meeting at the Red Barn, and you never saw them again. Why didn't anyone go to the barn and look around earlier? Yeah. That feels weird. I guess- Yeah. Nobody just meant nobody had the imagination to think like this is what had befallen her. But the theory is just that he didn't want to marry her. It, it, there it wasn't was, it room like in his waffle. Like, he was like cutting the piece of
1: the waffle off. Oh, God, I wish he waffled a little more. I wish and, he just left town oh, and just didn't left come her. Back. Like what? She had, like what? Well,
0: the other theory is that he, remember how he's kind of a fraudster Wait, and this does – Because this is
1: hurt. Like, I'm also curious if he's avenging his brother in some way too. Well, that's interesting. One thing about that is that
0: their child died and they said they he was buried in a place that he's not buried. And he said that one of the things they fought about that night was that the body was going to get found where yeah. they did bury it. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if something happened to that baby and if it wasn't a natural cause situation or something. Like, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, There's speculation that she knew that her husband had some fraudy dealings. He for sure stole money from her, that money that Peter sends her for the kid that is alive. He stole it. Like, he stole her child support. And then they fought about that. But it's like, there was just all these things of, like, you could go to jail for anything, and she knew a lot of reasons he could have been put in jail, so maybe he was just—I don't know—trying to silence her. Now, again, he says he didn't do it. He says that what happened was that they had a fight, and he left the barn and then heard a gunshot and came back in, and she'd taken her own life, and he didn't know what to do, so he, you know, buried her and left.
1: I'm so annoyed when they claim that the person takes their own
0: life. Well, it doesn't work. It the doesn't jury's work. like guilty.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, 35 minutes deliberation. So they were pretty
1: not a great guy. Probably. Uh-
0: well, and then the, the judge, just to give you guys the flavor of the time, the time. that yes. we're dealing with, give I'll just give, give you, I'll give you a quote. Yeah. That's a quote. Um, he, when he's found guilty, they say that he's going to be sentenced. They say that you be taken back to the prison from whence you came yes. and that you be taken from thence on Monday next to a place of execution and that you there be hanged by the neck until you are dead and that your body shall afterwards be. Be dissected and anatomized. And may the Lord God Almighty of his infinite goodness have mercy on your soul.
1: Well, that's I mean, I covered the case of like Burks and Hare, Hair and Burks, of uh-huh. like the body snatchers, and that was very common as like the only way you could
0: hang by the neck till you're dead. Well, and
1: dissecting. Dissecting. It's yes. like it's like you're anatomized. Like that that helped that part of. I wonder how far away Suffolk is from Edinburgh where they're like they're because That was the beginning of sort of like the, mm-hmm. the museum, the anatomical museum. I don't know if that's this is that same it, like time period it's for time sure. Period where they're like the only bodies they can do is fresh or you know, bad hard, guys. Yeah, yeah bad well, guys. Well, so what happens is he goes back to jail
0: and he obviously did it, so he's like, Oh, ooh, should I confess? I'm about to die. Should I like come clean before mm-hmm. God? And you know who urges him to do so? The queen, his wife. His wife, because he did remarry, it turns out, uh, just a few months after he left. He married this woman, Miss Moore.
1: No. And
0: he married her like a few months later. She was the sister of a London jeweler, and he meets her three weeks after they meet. They get married. So he didn't marry. He wouldn't marry this woman that was the mother of his child that he was with for a while. But then he meets this woman, and three weeks later, he marries her. What I think is it's kind such a sad and of a lesson of life. You know, when
1: someone says they don't want to marry, they don't want to get married ever. They just might not want to get married to you. It's
0: very true. Mm-hmm. And even though Miss Moore and him were only married for like eight months, yeah, they really built a life. Um, They opened a boarding school for girls in Ealing Lane, London. I just don't think he should be in charge of girls. Well, he lived there with some, with his wife and some pupils. Oh, God. Then he got arrested. So he comes forward and is like, okay, I, I did shoot her. I accidentally shot her in the eye. And you're like, you didn't accidentally shoot her, but okay. Like, you shot her in the eye. At least we know how she died. Let's hang you in front of 7,000 yeah. people, they were, which it is what they hot, did. It was a hot ticket to It was to an
1: execution. Yes, it's the it circus.
0: And then they take him to the hall. They dissect him in front of an audience. They hook up, like, batteries to his body. To like try to make a muscle. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. They're exactly. Like, is this like, like, let's just see if they it They try works. to
0: Frankenstein him and then they check out his skull and they're like, you know what? Looking at this skull, actually, things are starting to make sense because um, it's very developed. It's like even overly developed in the areas we associate with secretiveness and destructiveness.
1: And so- what's crazy is they opened up his brain and they saw just like an ego waffle. <laughs>
0: And they were like, it is missing a few squares. <laughs> Some squares In fact, are too they big. did say that. They were like, it, this skull. When you look at it, it's like really missing benevolence and veneration. And you're like, oh, we figured it out. Great, 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 great. Science is science amazing. Is so good at that. They get to time. the bottom of it all. They make his death mask. They put it. There's a replica of it at Moises Hall Museum. Um, I don't know if you're going to be near there. Look it up. Maybe you I'm are. I'm dying go to know what it is, I should check it out. I would love to, yeah, have a visit to William. Um, so Hold obviously on, I talked. to
1: Hall Museum? Where is it? Moises.
0: M-O-Y-S-E-S-E.
1: Oh, my gosh. it's I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Great. You've got to go see his death mask. I'm going. I'm going to go. William
0: Porter, okay? Great. Write it down. Amazing. So... Part of the thing I said about, like, is the burial site going to be discovered and that being gossiped about, I wanted to give you one more hot topic in the gossip arena because I think it's interesting. Yeah. So let's go back to the dreams. Ann Martin has these dreams.
1: Yeah.
0: It's what leads to the body being found. One thing I bet you were not picturing when you pictured a stepmom was that they are one year apart in age.
1: I was picturing, you know what? I was picturing Susan Sarandon and... Julia Roberts, and that's on me. Okay,
0: yeah, no. They're one year apart in age, and one of the things people say is they're like, hold up, what if, and I don't know what evidence points to this, but what if Anne was having an affair with him, with William, and what if they decided to kill her to get her out of the picture? Hold up. One of the reasons they say it is that Anne started having the dreams and being like, I think I know where the body is, when, he, when she got word that he'd married more. So it's like he remarried someone and then God. she's like, you know what, I actually think I'm having a dream about I where the body is. I
1: don't love witchcraft, but I do love using feminine wiles um, and using the fear of femininity to get other people. Like I do – like I don't – if she had a part in it, that's fucked. Like that's her stepdaughter that's really, really fucked. But I do love that she could be like, I am a spiritual vessel. I'm having And they, a dream. Just, believe, and they just believe her because she – Has a badge. And that's the story of the Red Bar Murder. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story.
0: You're welcome. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye, Dewey.